Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Hello. No one can disprove this about either of us. No. They can try if they want. They can extract DNA from this recording, put it through some kind of fucking wire or something. I don't know how you do it, but nothing yeah. can be disputed. That is how you do it. You put it through a wire. Yeah, That's it's a, us. That, that you t- the scientific way of doing it is you get DNA out of yeah. a podcast and you stick it in a wire and you, then it comes up you, with a tick or a cross. <laughs> yeah. You download- to confirm whether the person you're investigating is who they say they are. Download the uh, download the sound file. Put it through a uh, a bit of software you can get DNA yeah. extractor, audio yeah. extractor, and then put it on a wire, and then yeah. there's your answer. But it's us. And it's definitely it, us. And a quick caveat: if it turns out it's not us, then do let us know. Yeah, because that's important. That's integral, really. If it turns out this isn't us, I mean, as far as we're concerned, we are who we say we are. If we're not. And you've got evidence to the contrary. We're all fucking ears. Believe me, it would explain a lot. If if we're not, you'd fucking need a new wire. Basically, yeah. that's what that is. Right, this is uh, part ten of the Kane Odyssey. We yeah. he's just done the nineteen ninety four USA World Cup with Ireland yeah. back at Manchester United. Uh, Brian Robson has retired. Uh, got to Middlesbrough as player manager. Steve Bruce is now the captain. And Steve Bruce is the man that Roy goes to for tickets. It's again, he returns to this. Oh, this not tickets again. Mr. <laughs> ticket. I thought I'd left him behind in Nottingham, but he's followed me here to Manchester. He's got to old and he's got bigger. He's got so yeah. much bigger. He's haunting my <laughs> dreams. Well, he says, uh, getting tickets for home games was now a growing problem in my life. The Premier League was growing like a monster. Mr. Ticket is also a monster. <laughs> there are monsters just, everywhere on our sides of me at this stage of my life. He de- he describes the Premier League as a glorious monster. Dunphy! <laughs> Dunphy! <laughs> now then, you've described the Premier League here as a glorious monster. What the hell's a glorious monster? <laughs> you know, it's just it's a it's it's a, just been a bit of a lyrical flourish to describe what the Premier League had become. What a glorious monster like the big fucking stampy bear from the fucking Star Wars films. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. <laughs> oh, it's just it, you know, it's it's maybe more. Because like, I tell you uh, this, there is nothing glorious about that bastard. He was a galumphin. Do you know who he remind me of? <laughs> Gary Pallister. He had the same <laughs> uh, all the elegance of Gary Pallister. That fella. You know, he hung around. In fact, you know what? You remind me a lot of Han Solo. So in many ways, the two of you are like them fellas from Star Wars. <laughs> Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister, like Han Solo, and. <laughs> Uh, and Chewbacca, I think that was his name. <laughs> Spies Bear. <laughs> um, 
it, it then talks about um, monetary matters. I signed my first non-football commercial contract to sponsor Deodora Boots at the start of 94-95. And he, he points out, it's a recurring thing, Michael Kennedy, who's his lawyer. He doesn't have an agent. He has this Michael Kennedy fella. Um, and he says, agents take substantial amounts of footballers' new wealth. They can unsettle players. Hawk rumours of imminent transfers, up the ante in negotiations. The middlemen were always at it in one form or another. Mm. He says, but with Michael, I knew I was totally secure. And this Michael Kennedy fella did all of Roy's deals right throughout his career. I remember he he, he was integral when Roy took over as manager of Sunderland. I remember Michael Kennedy being... Was he? Yeah, he, he was part of the, um, the negotiations. But this is the thing. I'm just reading about him now. Yeah. get Get a load of this, though. For Michael, mm. money didn't count at all. He was a football fan. Every time I tried to get him to send me a bill for his services, Michael fobbed me off. He asked only for match tickets, saying that we'd settle the other business later. Ten years on, that's how things stand. So he's had all this advice from Michael Kennedy, yeah. gratis. You think about what kind of percentage an agent takes and yeah. how much Roy Kane has been paid over the years, decades even. Michael Kennedy could have had a, a bit of a skim off the top of that. And he's, well, he's, took yeah, I mean, he's took much tickets. Do you know what? I don't believe Roy Keane. <laughs> I don't believe Roy Keane because Roy Keane, it is integral to Roy Keane's, you know, whole persona Yeah, is not having an agent. Agent! Agent, yeah. what a man! What's that, a man to hold your hand when you go and talk to the manager because you can't do it on your own? <laughs> in case he scares you. Come on. Do your own fucking dealings, right? <laughs> it's so anti-keen. So, but of course he's got to have a fucking agent and pay some. Of course he's got to. He hasn't got time to be doing all these you fucking legal big, arrangements. You think it's all a big right? bluff, this Kennedy thing? Yeah, and he go. I never. Kennedy's never taken a penny off me in his life. All he wants is the odd ticket to the... Now, you know, a Carling Cup card final, something like that. Not even a, <laughs> not even a big Mr. Ticket, right? <laughs> and, and Michael Kennedy sat there thinking... Fucking strange, you know, because I've always had ten percent of everything that uh, I've just, done for Roy. I take it off the top, and then he I gets the rest. I don't know whether Roy understands that. I've certainly never tried to hide that from him. It was always <laughs> the understanding that we had. So either Roy's forgotten, or he's just pretending it's not the case. I don't know, but far be it from me to address it with him. I'll just let him carry on saying whatever he wants to say. It makes no odds to me. I come out of it looking quite good, to be honest. What about what about if this Michael Kennedy doesn't even exist and is just not necessarily a figment of Roy's imagination, but is an alter ego that Roy has? He becomes so, a knight. He he goes to he goes to law classes at the local college, dressed as Michael if Kennedy. A, if there's a meeting yeah. with, like, say it was a meeting with Martin Edwards back in those days, yeah, he goes Michael Kennedy Roy, turns Roy, up. Roy, Edwards, what do you want? I'm training. Can't you see here? I'm I'm practicing my kicking. I'm practicing <laughs> my ball kicking. When all the others have gone home, you'll see me running up and down and up and down. Then I'll boot the ball as hard as I can. <laughs> and then I jump up and down and shout, goal, sucker goal. <laughs> now, what do you want, Edwards? I've got no time. I'm Roy Keane. I've got no time for your fancy business speak, if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering whether we could uh, finalise your contract renegotiations with your man Kennedy. I, I don't seem to have a number for him. Oh, it's Michael Kennedy you want to speak to, is it? Okay, fine. I can arrange that. 
<laughs> you can't call him directly, but I can send a message to him. He's like Batman in that way. Now, he would like to meet you under the cloak of darkness back here at 1 a.m. in the morning. Can you do that, Mr. Edwards? Well, it seems rather unconventional. Can you do it or not? Those are his hours of business. Take it or leave it. And then Roy Keane comes back, but in a disguise, wearing a bad moustache and an ill-fitting suit he's bought. And he's got his hair slicked down to one side like a businessman. When he first arrives, he's wearing a, a bowler hat. And then he removes it to reveal his slick-down business thing and some spectacles. <laughs> now then, what's well, all this about the contract negotiations? I'm Michael Kennedy. I haven't got much time for this. What do you need from me today? Pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Edwards. Now, as you know, Roy Keane is a top professional. He's got no time for fussing about with agents and the like. <laughs> all he wants to do is get on with the ball kicking and such and such and such. Now, about this money business, it's rather grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's your offer? Well, we were thinking of uh, Roy offering him a new... Uh, Double it! Double it! A, 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 new four, a new four-year contract at £30,000 a week. I was going to want double that! Well, we can go as far as £32,000 a week. Great, he'll take it! That sounds okay. fantastic! You drive a hard bargain. But it's fine. It's not about the money for him, you see. <laughs> I'll be off now. <laughs> Go on. You must have a home to get to. It's ridiculous doing business at this time of night. Oh, Michael, yes, uh, I, I, Michael, I Michael, agree. You, uh, you seem to be parked up there in, in Roy's car. That's Roy's car you're getting into. Yes, he, he lent it to me. It's, I don't have a car because I don't take any money from him, you see, because I'm very poor. He's a poor lawyer. So the arrangement we have is that I do all of his legal affairs and his negotiations, and in return, he lets me borrow his car from time to time <laughs> to attend the meetings time. in. Only yeah. night time, but though. Only after midnight. That's his rule, because he needs it before then. <laughs> <laughs> this is it! Yeah, he goes on again about the ticket demands. Uh, in relation to tickets for immediate and extended family, friends and friends of friends of friends, and people posing as friends. <laughs> oh, God, you can imagine Roy's fucking brain. <laughs> having to deal with all of this uh, early in the week of a home game requests for tickets one will do was my favourite were lodged it would be a headache from Thursday onwards the pressure on my family at home in Cork was worse people would knock on the door of my parents house asking if there was any chance such requests were hard to resist mm, I don't know if someone knocked on my door yeah. and said you know can you get me some tickets for a football match I'd find it really easy to resist yeah, Fuck I mean, you. Well, look at this way. They were knocking on your door mm. and asking if your brother, not even you, but if you could ask your brother if they, if he could sort them out a favour. Yeah. Right? And I would go, no, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. But that's Re- not the way in the King household um, mm. over in Cork. Seeing no cause defence, he said, and being what they mm. were, decent, obliging people, my mum and dad, Johnson, Dennis, Pat and Hillary, invariably said yes which meant hassling me. Um, so I pretended it was no bother, no problem at all. This is his existential anguish, this, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't seem to be stressed and freaked out by too much in football. You know, he's, he's come from playing for Cove Ramblers and then he's gone to Forest, then he's gone on to United and it, it all seems to have been, you know, quite effortless, but it's all about his hard work and his work ethic and applying himself. But someone asks for some free tickets and it, it does his noggin in. 
And um, Roy, the people pleaser, always came up with the goods, he said, by hook or by crook, mostly by buying around 20 tickets, sometimes more for every home game. So when the tickets were going sale, he'd buy 20 up because he knew he'd get asked for them. Fucking oh, hell. Oh, what a man. What a man. Fucking obsessed with it, though. All that money he spent. And when well, he, I bet when he gave them to people, he didn't say, because he couldn't bring himself to say, to some bloke from fucking, who'd not round at his mum's house, mm. you know, uh, in Cork. Oh, hello there, Mrs. Keane. I was just wondering if there was anything you needed, like your windows cleaning. And while I'm at it, by the way, <laughs> since we're talking about it and, and such, <laughs> is there any chance that your Roy can get me a ticket for the, uh, for the Manchester United-Liverpool game at the weekend? And Roy Keane is not going to be able to say, Hi, Mammy, I've got that ticket you wanted for the window cleaner. But listen, <laughs> right, cost me £50. Pounds. So ask him, he'd tell him he can have it, but he's going to have to pay me cash at the stadium. <laughs> he's not going to say that, is he? No. He's he probably embarrassed and ashamed of buying the tickets himself as well, so he maybe sent Michael Kennedy around to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in disguise. Go around to the ticket office and queue up as Michael Kennedy. This is very much like the plot line of the film Psycho, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> Well, in Psycho, he dressed as his mum. Sorry, spoiler yeah. alert if you've never watched Psycho. I don't think we need to do spoiler alerts for films from the early 1960s, but, you know, go ahead. What? Um, but there's a lot of millennials watching this. and it, I, Increasingly, we see millennials and students listen to this podcast. Fuck knows why. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine they get anything in it, but whatever. Maybe they're just laughing at us. Yeah, not with us. Yeah. Miserable, washed-up old bastards that we are, right? It's just some but, kind of prior warning as to what's to come for them. Yeah, exactly. Give them, give them things hard, to try and avoid. you'll end up like us. Yeah. But um, when you speak to these young lads and young lasses, they haven't seen most good films, you know? Well, they haven't right, seen well, them. go ahead. If you want to blow the gaff on Psycho, you can. They haven't seen Psycho. Most of these, if you're listening to this, right, and you are under 35, I bet you haven't fucking seen Psycho. Fast forward through the next 30 seconds. Listen, kid I worked with, Talk Radio, you know him, Ricky. You know Ricky? Yeah. He hadn't seen Goodfellas, right? Fucking what? So I said to him, what's your favourite film ever? And he went, quick as a flash, he went, Wolf of Wall Street. And I went, oh yeah, it's a pretty good film. I said, but it's no Goodfellas. He went, what's Goodfellas? I went, are you fucking joking? So I brought him in, I've got it on Blu-ray. I brought it in for him. I lent it to him. I said, make sure you fucking watch it, right? I'm serious. This is not a kind of, yeah, you might watch it. I said, watch it tonight. Did you also, um, <clears throat> did you flush his head down the toilet as well? Yeah, yeah. I roughed him up Obviously. a little bit. You know, there were, let, let's just say there was a bit of pushing and shoving. <laughs> I can't remember how it started. <laughs> I can't remember how it started. There was a bit of pushing and shoving. Next thing I know, we're rolling around on the carpet. <laughs> no, the next day he comes in. I said, do you watch it? He goes, yeah. And I go... What do you think? He goes, yeah, it's all right. Good fellas, mate. It was all Goodfellas. right. He thought it was all right. Fucking hell. An absolute dickhead. And that is just like all these kids. Yeah. You know, they haven't seen Psycho. They haven't seen... And, and for that reason, I've got no problem in selling all of them. Guess what? Right? He's dressed up as his mum and he's killing the birds all the way through it, dressed <laughs> up as his mum in Psycho. Fucking bad luck. You should have watched it. If you watched it, then I wouldn't be spoiling it. So it's your fault. Is this is this the Michael Kennedy connection? Is is Michael Kennedy? It's similar in that Norman Bates would dress up as his deceased mother hmm. to perform terrible acts. 
Yeah. And similarly, Roy Keane dresses up as his non-existent lawyer <laughs> to, to negotiate contracts and buy tickets. Fair enough. But let's just stress that no one was murdered at any point no, in this book. Well, not as far as we know. I don't think he mentions it. Unlikely. If he, if he did. Yeah, very unlikely. Um, that was a, a moment of, of, of clarity here, and harsh clarity at that. He says, I've stopped it now, but for many years I was a famous mug. There's no other word for it. And it, it goes deeper. We have more of a confession. Uh, not content with providing tickets, I'd also organise flights, book hotels, and meet the visitors when they arrived at Manchester Airport, often Jesus. at different times. Fucking hell, how did he have the energy to well, play? He'll have a chauffeur's uniform and one of those cards that you can wipe yeah. clean with the near the surname of the person he's picking up at the airport. Mr. O'Neill, is it? Yeah, hello, Ray. It's me. It's the, no, no, it's no, me, I'm not Ray. It's me, Michael Declan Kennedy. from 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 Cork. My name's not Roy. It's Michael Kennedy. I'm a lawyer slash chauffeur. Please come this way. Do you have any luggage with you today? <laughs> Did you have a nice trip? <laughs> How was the that there turbulence? <laughs> have you been to Manchester before? I could drive around and show you some sights if you like on the Wheatley Hotel. There. Canal Street. It's the gay district. <laughs> yeah, hey. They all come up and down here every Saturday night. If you if you that you know, if you want to come and watch you can. <laughs> he says maybe it was an Irish thing, but I rarely saw Dennis Irwin in the same predicament. Sensible Dennis, stupid Roy, I now concluded. But it took a long <laughs> Took a long time for this particular penny to drop. God, there's quite a bit of self loathing going on here, isn't there? And a lot of uh, respect for Dennis Irwin as well. Really, a lot. But goes right through into the second book as well, because of course he he respected Dennis for opening the his his beige range of uh, diners, bread and water restaurant, wasn't it? Yeah. Then it is still massive in Ireland. If you go to Ireland. It's like they're Nando's. Like it, you can't any Irwin's. high street has at least one Irwin's, which is Dennis <laughs> Irwin's chain restaurant that just does dry bread and glasses of water. <laughs> You've got a dress code, grey cardigan. Yeah, you have to wear a grey cardigan if you want to go there. But they'll but give you really one popular. if you haven't got one. They've got some they'll lend you. We've got one in your size. Just wait there. <laughs> what are you, large? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you would be once you've been eating here for a while. The weight will soon drop off you. <laughs> Jalapeño. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. He says... Two stories illustrate how daft I was in those years. A couple of years ago, I met a guy who greeted me like an old friend. He was from Cork. I didn't recognise him from Adam. So I was surprised when he informed me that he'd stayed overnight at my house in the mid-1990s. <laughs> I'd been a wonderful host. <laughs> I felt foolish and ashamed. Could I have inflicted this madness on my wife, Teresa? Answer, yes. <laughs> Answer, yes. Do it like that, Dumpy. It's funny because I'm asking a question and I answer it myself, you see. It's like I'm talking it's to myself. A little bit of literary style in there. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, Roy, you could have it so that Michael Kennedy is asking you the question. Are you taking the piss, Dunphy? <laughs> Michael's real. I'll get him round here if you're not careful. Michael's not sue here. But if you want, he'll meet you here. But it has to be after midnight. Right. And then we'll fucking see who's real and who isn't. You'll recognise him when he comes because he drives my car. <laughs> Imagine, a lot of people have commented he looks like me, but I, I don't see it myself. <laughs> the second revealing story concerned a group of Dennis Irwin's friends visiting from Cork. It was a midweek game. In the players' lounge after the match, I was introduced by Dennis. We had a few beers. Then the Cork lad suggested a trip round the Manchester nightlife. Dennis demurred. He was up going home to his wife and family. Roy couldn't say no. Talking about himself in the third person. Mm. Off we went. Me now playing host and nice guy to Dennis's friends. I had a wife and family too. Sadly, I was on one of the steepest learning curves in history. I eventually cut myself on. Now it's said I'm a loner. Perhaps some time alone with Teresa and my children was overdue. <laughs> I'm Roy Keane. I'm a man alone. Don't try and get inside my head. I'm impenetrable. There's a ring of steel around that noggin right there. That's what I said to the Dennis Irwin's pals when I took them up Canal Street. I kind of go up there, I'm impenetrable. <laughs> I don't go up there. I stand at a safe distance and I watch. I watch the comings and the goings. I know what they're up to. It's fascinating. He talks about a day when, when Steve Bruce arrived in the dressing room with a cheque for 15 grand for the first team. They'd contributed to some video and the payment was supposed to be split 18 ways. Um, so they couldn't work out who was owed what, so they did... Um, held a draw and the winner got the whole 15 grand but the option of taking your cut which was about 800 quid was also available and he says for the younger lads this is only a couple of weeks wages they wanted the money only Paul Scholes and Nicky Butt opted to play for the jackpot about 12 grand after the needy were paid out and the draw was made and Cantona's name came out of the hat Cantona mm -hmm. got the cheque for 12 grand yeah. uh, and plenty of stick next morning Eric arrived with two cheques made out to Paul and Nicky this was their reward for taking the gamble, Eric explained. This was Eric to a T. The unexpected, a touch of class, an appreciation of the plight of two young lads more in need of money than himself. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, Cantona, it's interesting. Keane writes about him with a respect, doesn't he, that you don't often hear him write. There's not many people who he has sort of, you know, complete and t total respect for. Was Dennis Irwin... For one, I think there was Brian Robson. Not so much Lee Sharp. Towards the end of this chapter, there's one line about Lee Sharp, about him being shipped out, and perhaps his standards weren't up to the rest of everybody else. But, um, 
Yeah, Cantona. He's 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 a big. It's almost a, it's almost a love affair. I think with, with Eric Cantona. Yeah. This is it. Speaking of Cantona, he moves on to the the Selhurst Park incident, the Cantona Kung Fu kick. He says, some of the things you hear from the terraces are really sickening. Racist taunts, chants about players' personal lives, filth that makes you wonder about the people who come to football matches to sing obscene songs about the Munich air crash. What is this? Answer, <laughs> English football. <laughs> Don't feel, do that yeah. thing again where I ask you a question, then I say, answer. It makes me sound like okay. a Magnus Magnus or someone like that. Okay, you ask me, Dunphy. Ask me the question. Ask me this. I'm writing it down on a piece of paper here. Hang on a minute. Give me that pencil. Right, there you go. Ask me that question. Well, type it out as well. Are you asking it? <laughs> okay, answer. English football. Type that out. And underline English. So they say I'm making a point. <laughs> he says, what happened will endlessly be replayed on television for weeks to come. Some looper has a go at Eric near the tunnel entrance. Eric doesn't react immediately, but he turns back and launches himself at his tormentor. He says it's a good thing he wasn't wearing studs. Never did. And I didn't know that about Cantona. I didn't wear studs. What? He didn't yeah. wear studs? Come off it. That's what he says, eh? I, yeah. thought, I, thought, I thought everyone wore studs. How can you play without studs? Don't know. That's Weird. a revelation, that to me. I didn't yeah. know that at all. Yeah. Maybe you play better if you don't wear studs. Maybe. Doesn't get any better I, than Cantona, I mean, does it? Once I I played for a like a Sunday like you know kids team uh, <clears throat> in in Brentford in West London it was called St George's St George's mm. Celts and quite a few of my mates played for it and to be honest mate I was on the fringes right yeah I sometimes got a game yeah that's all right that's than, that's okay I don't think less of you because of that uh, but I was a, it was a good team to be fair was a good team and I was like not quite good enough to get a regular starting place yeah and in the end I can't remember what happened there was all sorts of things happened at that club but I got disheartened and I decided to quit but oh. I didn't quit I didn't announce that I'd quit I just stopped coming and hey. to, to be right. honest it was a reflection on my importance to the team mm. that no one really commented so my good mates knew but no but the manager or anything never called me then, after I hadn't been for about six months, right, mm. they got to a semi-final of a cup. And they were, my mates were really excited. A couple of them were like regular starters. And they were going on about all week. So I said on a Sunday, fuck it, I'm going to come and watch, right? This is brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to watch my old team in action in a big yeah. semi-final and cheer you on. So I go down there, just dressed in my civvies, right? I can't remember what the scoreline was. Whoop. I can't remember what the scoreline was, but it was close, right? Mm-hmm. At half time, one of the kids, who was a really good player, but he was he was like a little nerd because he was like this little Christian boy, right? <laughs> and his parents t- say that he has to be subbed at half time, right, to go to some sort of fucking church, church service of some sort. He had to go and I don't know whether he was being fucking christened or exercised or whatever the fuck it is they do, <laughs> but they had to take him off to church, right? And the manager, who was a fucking intimidating bloke right he's looked around he's i think he's already used one sub for some reason they're short on subs so he's gone right sam you're gonna have to come on right oh i didn't i sort of muttered something about but i'm only here as a spectator i literally left this club six months ago and it was clear that he had no idea that i'd ever left in the first place i'm there i'm there coming back to cheer on thinking that i'm going to get a load of claps on the back oh there's old sam oh we haven't seen ages no one fucking noticed right <laughs> he's gone he's gone get your kit on 
I said, I haven't got a kit. I'm here watching. He just looked straight through me, right? Get your kit on. And he said to the Christian kid, give him your kit. So the Christian kid strips his kit off, right? Puts on his Sunday best to go off to church. Mm -hmm. He puts on his church wear. Mm -hmm. I put on his muddy, sweaty kit that he's just worn for the whole first half, right? Yeah. And I'm wearing a pair of trainers. And it's the pitch. It was pissing down rain. The pitch is a fucking quagmire, right? And they've stuck me out on the left wing. Now, of all the positions you could put me in, left wing is the least suited to my abilities, right? Um, and I'm out there on the left wing. I don't know whether he put me there because he thought it was the place I could cause the least damage, right? He was wrong, if that's what he was thinking. But I was like fucking Bambi on ice, mate. It was it was really, really slick, deep mud. And yeah. I was wearing a pair of flat-soled Puma trainers, fashion trainers, really. It could have been worse. And, it could have been street shoes. Oh, my God, mate. The, every time the ball came anywhere near me, I would take one fucking stride and just land on my ass. right? Yeah. So in the end, I was trying to play football without actually moving my feet. I know that sounds absurd, but it was what I was actually attempting to do. Just to maintain I, your dignity. Yeah, so I didn't go down. So I was sort of trying to adopt positions that didn't require me to actually move my feet, but still look involved in the game. I was, I'm not exaggerating when I say by the end of the game, I was a genuine, this is an overused term, but in this case, it was it was extremely appropriate. I was a genuine laughing stock. Yeah. Both the, the opponents and my own teammates were laughing at me for my performance. And not with you. It's a bit like the listener, the young, the younger listeners of this podcast. They laughed yeah. at you and not with you. So it, that was listen, a good life lesson. They couldn't have been laughing with me because I wasn't laughing. Right. There was nothing funny. I mean, on this podcast, sometimes you and I find what we're saying is funny, we even if no one other. else does. Yeah, it's, it's something, isn't it? Yeah. There was nothing amusing about my ordeal. Was, was, so was there a happy ending then? You got, got got to the final and you got to play in the final as well? No, I think we ended up losing and I must right. have played a big part in that <clears throat> and I never ever saw them again. Right. I saw my mates, obviously. They were nice about it, but the rest of the team and the manager, no, never saw them. I think that, I mean, Roy talks about Alex Ferguson in glowing terms in this, po- in this mm. book and his ability to manage. And I think that is what your manager that day had. He <laughs> overlooked, he knew you hadn't been for six months and he knew that you weren't good enough to get in the team, but he needed a body out there and yeah. he just pretended none of that was happening. He didn't want to he, discourage it or... He, he bluffed me onto the pitch. Yeah. He bluffed me. Get Sam, strip on, get your strip on, get on. Yeah, he made Barry, you believe in was. yourself. Mm. He made it you believe in yourself work. just enough to just get you on the pitch. Listen, um, right, if I'd had studs, I'm not saying I would have necessarily played a blinder out mm. there on the left wing, but I could have done a job. I could yeah. have done a job if I'd had the proper footwear. I didn't have the footwear. It was 100% impossible. You could have put fucking Lionel Messi on there that day, right? And he wouldn't have been able to function could have out put there on that left Lionel wing. Fucking Lionel Blair on there, and he could have fucking he wouldn't have stayed <laughs> on his fucking right. feet. Yeah, you could have put the author Lionel Shriver out there. <laughs> I think she's the one who who wrote. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, you could have put the actor we, Lionel Jeffries on there. Yeah, and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have stayed up because he's dead. Um, so 
I'm sorry, it just wasn't working. So going back to how the fuck Cantona managed to play. I mean, all I'm saying about Cantona is he came to English football. He he won the league with Leeds. Then yeah. he fucked. Then he fucked Leslie Ash right behind <laughs> Lee Chapman's back, allegedly. <laughs> then I was going to say, went, do I edit that out? <laughs> then he went to Manchester United, won the league again, mm. right? Performed all kinds of feats. To some, he remains almost the greatest ever Premier League legend. And he did all of that without wearing studs. No so studs. what I'm saying to you is, imagine what he could have done if he'd worn studs. studs. Exactly. I'd imagine as well, if he'd carried out that assault with studs, he might have gone to prison. So it was yeah, probably he for the best. Prison. He probably knew that. He might have, he might have <laughs> slashed Matthew Hart. What was his name? No, Matthew, Matthew Harding, Harding was the... Matthew Harding, yeah. Was the Chelsea bloke. He I thought got... Matthew Harding was the bloke who ran Chel- who, who owned Chelsea oh, yeah, for a while and then died. Was, wasn't he? Matthew, I don't know. I'll fucking Google it. I'll look it up. Mate. All right, but he probably Very knew cancer. that. He probably thought I'm going to go in with a kick here, but I know I've got no studs, no studs, no studs. <laughs> and he knew the damage would be negligible. Sons les stud. <laughs> okay, he his name was Matthew Simons. Matthew Simons, I am coming for Me you. Out. I Fuck come you. for you. Have that, Matthew Simons. <laughs> Even though Roy we Keane's not- looking on. A young Roy Keane's looking on. Yeah, that's good. This is good. That's good. That's nice. That's lovely to see. That's Eric Harlover. Oh, uh, well, that. basically, we're going to wrap this episode up now. But yeah, Roy's reaction was, so what? Fair fucking play to Eric, he says. I might have done the same myself. When I go, when I go home. So what? <laughs> yeah, so it's about time. What? It's about time there was that kind of thing in football. A bit more, a bit more honesty. Yeah. Let's hope this is the first of many assaults. <laughs> yeah, this is the. I hope this... it opens the floodgates. I hope this is the beginning of football 2.0. <laughs> perhaps there'll be, perhaps there'll be a spate of lawsuits, and I can put <laughs> my friend Michael Kennedy onto them, and he might earn himself a little bit extra money. He says, uh, when I got home and saw the television pictures, I could see it was a nasty incident. Out of order, of course. But my attitude didn't change. My heart went out to him. So, yeah, Roy condoning the uh, assault there on Matthew Simmons. Always. I don't know about you, but whenever you see that, you just sort of think it was a great moment. In, yeah. In, I would say, not just in football history, but in British in the, in history. The world. The history of the world. Yeah, because Cantona represents the good things, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anarchy, artistry, rebellion, freedom. And Matthew Simmons was just a fucking sorry old racist dickhead. fucking racist southern cunt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. You went a bit far there, but I take your point. But um, Eric Cantona did what had to be done. And I think when we see that, those of us, the right-minded amongst us, think that's symbolic of what should be happening everywhere, every day. Everywhere, every time we see it, we all think, get in there. Yes. Get Fucking in there. Fucking go Eric. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done, right. Eric Cantona. That's it for this episode. Uh, I don't know if we've learned anything or, or progressed at all, but there we are. That, that's it. We've learned a lot. A huge amount. This was a significant episode. I hope you've learned a lot about that that match all those years ago. I hope it doesn't, you know, haunt you too much. Well, it listen, you know, it's something that has been inside of me for a while, and like many things that I've <laughs> managed to do on this podcast, I've processed it today a little yeah. bit. 
I was going to say, uh, if, if nothing I've else, it. we've had you deal else, with I've got it there. I've got it out of my chest. People know about it now. Yeah. Maybe someone's listening who played in that game and can tell me their memories of my performance. I don't know. Maybe it's church boys listening. If you're church boy, get in touch. We'll have a reunion. Fucking cunt. He was the one who fucking landed me in it. Oh, sorry, I've got to go to church now. What are you fucking talking about? We're in the middle of a fucking semi-final. You can't go to church. Oh, no, mother says I have to. She's brought me change of clothes and everything. <laughs> well, who's going to fucking play on the left? Oh, Sam, you'll have to do it. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, Gaffer, don't stick me on. I've only got my Puma fashion shoes on me. <laughs> yeah, well, you stuck out there on the left like a big lump. It's better than nothing. <laughs> I'm not sure it will be, Gaffer. <laughs> anyway, TTFN, Jesus awaits. I'll be praying for all of you. I'll be praying for victory. <laughs> i tell you so, what, he was the best footballing godbotherer since yeah. fucking Darren Peacock. Or was it Gavin? It was Gavin Peacock, <laughs> Gavin wasn't it? Gavin Peacock, yeah. Yeah. And that Argentinian goalie who became a priest or a monk. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. I think name, he was yeah. the one who, who saved the penalties in the shootout against us. And there was a one in the 70s who retired when he was 26 or something to become a pastor or something like that. Peter yeah. something so, or something. Uh, yeah, if you start yeah. looking at it, it's a long tradition. Definitely. So if you are if you are a church boy, get in touch. We don't often have guests on this <laughs> show, boy. but uh, we'll we'll reunite you with Sam and you can talk about the, <laughs> I'm going to get the, the some church day. boy merchandise made up. <laughs> Because with top right time boy, machine in really small writing in the corner, but mostly church boy. It's just a picture of a little boy yeah. with a fucking what are those things that choir boys wear around a, their neck? Like a rough, a rough. Is and it, he's a, yeah, he's an angelic looking little boy like yeah. church boy, right? A, but a halo on his head. Yeah, on a so wire. Church, church, look out for brand new top flight time machine <laughs> church boy <laughs> merchandise because mugs. Or church merch, as I call it, because <laughs> I will tell you that church boy, without knowing it, who knows where he is today, but it's like sliding doors or that thing they say, the yeah. butterfly effect. Church boy changed the course of San Delaney's life forever, forever, without knowing it. That day when he decided to go to church rather than continue with the game, yeah, he was making an impact on, on another boy that he'll never know about unless he's listening be, to this. You might not be doing this podcast now if it wasn't for that day and for that church boy. It was a t- I have no doubt that that, I've always known that day was a turning point in my life. When Barry, the, the, the St. George's coach, the aggressive St. George's coach, <laughs> said, Sam, you're going to have to come on. Get changed. <laughs> I could, there was a big moment, I could have just said, no, I shan't, and just walked away. But instead, I was just too scared. To, this bloke had no jurisdiction over me, and yet he did still have a mental hold over me, so I just did what I was told. That's dangerous. And next thing you know, I'm being laughed at by 21 other boys. Yeah. But here you are. You've come through, and you've, you've kind of kind of won, I suppose. You're getting to do here a podcast. I am, sat in my bedroom <laughs> with the door shut so my daughter doesn't hear because she's banned me from doing my podcast in the house, right? <laughs> Hiding in my bedroom, talking to a man in Sunderland who's wearing a prefab sprout T-shirt. <laughs> and is now wrapping this podcast up because he has to go up for a carvery. So, uh, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. No better reason are. to wrap a podcast up than that, mate. I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, yeah. everyone. Ta-da. See ya. I'll be getting all four meets, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>